I first heard about Antichrist in 1975 after I was born again. At the church that I was attending at that time, they were talking about Antichrist and how he would come in peace but be destroying people through peace. And that comes from the book of Daniel. And the people around me in that church group said they thought Henry Kissinger, who was in the government of the United States during one of the administrations, the earlier administrations, they thought he was Antichrist. I asked a question, why wouldn't Hitler have been Antichrist? They said, well, because Antichrist comes speaking peace. And I just let it go. I didn't know much about Hitler then. Since that time, I've read a lot about Hitler and seen a lot of documentaries about Hitler. And Hitler came speaking peace. That was exactly what he did at the Munich conference when he deceived England and France. He came speaking peace. Who is Antichrist? Is Antichrist in governments of men? Who is Antichrist? I know in the churches I've been in, they've all taught that Antichrist comes through governments of men. I think they're a little mixed up with this. I think what they're thinking of is the kings that are cited in Daniel, in the book of Daniel. The kings would be government of men. But Antichrist comes through the churches. And we see clearly, if you read 1 John chapter 2, John identifies that Antichrist comes into the churches. Let's read that, John chapter 2, the two verses. This is 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Little children, it is the last time, meaning the last days. You see, John knew that the last days began after the crucifixion of Jesus. Now, we also know that In the sight of God, one day is as a thousand years. So if you look at it that way, it's only been a couple of days since Jesus was crucified in the sight of God because he doesn't see time like we see time. So he is not slow in fulfilling his word. It's just we see in human terms when it comes to the subject of time. But in uh, uh, that's over in... Second Peter chapter 3, Peter explains to them that to God, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So time is not like that with him. So here John is telling the church, it's already the last time, the end times. It's already the end times. So the apostle John says, verse 18, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know it is the last time. Many Antichrists. Antichrist wasn't going to be one man. Now in the book of Daniel, it talks about a king And that would be one man. But Antichrist, we can clearly see it here. 
Antichrist are many men. It's like the devil is not in one man. There's not one devil. It's a spirit that's in many men. Antichrist is a spirit that is in many men. And it Antichrist brings perverse doctrines into the church. And Antichrist comes through the church. John said, They went out from us, but they were not all of us. For had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Antichrist is a spirit bringing perverse doctrines into the church when he can do so. Paul talked about this in Acts chapter 20. Paul knew he would never see the people in the church at Ephesus again. Paul was coming to the end of his life, and he knew he would never see them again. So he called the elders of the church to come and meet with him. And here is what Paul said to them. Start at verse 29. Paul says, For this I know, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, among the church, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. All of these denominations began back there right at the time that Paul and John were taken off the earth. All these antichrists set up denominations changing the doctrine of Christ, speaking perverse things. We have them everywhere, both in Catholic and Protestant churches. Antichrist moved in and set up his own denominations, speaking things contrary to the doctrines of Christ. For example, what does the doctrine of Christ say about a man marrying a divorced woman? What does the Bible say about this? We have two sections of Scripture where Jesus says, The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And yet in churches today, they don't teach that. And the minister will freely allow men to marry divorced women, denying the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, and Matthew 19, I believe it is, where Jesus says the same thing. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That's the doctrine of Christ in the New Testament Bible. The churches today have changed that doctrine. That is Antichrist in the church. And it is also Antichrist in the congregation for going along with that change. The people who are really of God won't go along with that change. They may not be able to change the church, but they will leave that church group. To sit in a church group where the doctrine of Christ has been changed is to become part of Antichrist. A person who does that, a real Christian who does that, God shows me them losing reward in heaven. 
he gave me a dream about my favorite aunt. She was Church of Christ all her life. She had even been taken into heaven once, I found out from her. And she said it was all golden. She was a very spiritual woman. Yet she sat in a church where she knew things were wrong. Before she died, she says, I know some things are wrong at the church. But she stayed there. God gave me a dream after she had died. In this dream, there was a long row of baby bassinets along a wall. I walked down that row and looked in the bassinets at the individual babies. And I was shocked. They were horribly deformed. They were babies and they were horribly deformed. I got to the end of the row and my favorite aunt was standing there. And she was probably about 40 years old. She was fully grown. But on her face were horrible blemishes, big spots and blemishes. And I knew what God was showing me in that dream. So many of the people who have gone to these churches remain as babies. And they're horribly deformed by the church doctrine. They have Bibles. They could see the doctrine for themselves. But they depend totally on their churches to tell them what is right and wrong without reading the Bible. And they remain as babies who are horribly deformed by their church doctrines. And I knew my aunt who stayed in that church would not receive full reward. There are different rewards in heaven. And I knew she would not receive a full reward for staying in that church. She was saved, but she would not receive the full reward. Second John, start at verse 8. Look to yourselves, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. I am very careful concerning the person that I say, good luck, have a, have a good day. I'm very careful if I say that to anyone, it's going to be someone that I believe will go in the way of God because I don't want to be partaker of their evil deeds. I'm shocked at the way the world uses this. You drive into the bank and they don't even know you and they say, have a good day. Well, you might be going out to commit fornication. If so, they become part of your evil deed, according to Second John. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. I'm sure there are different levels of rewards in heaven. And I'm sure that we can lose rewards in heaven by failing to follow all the scriptures.
And in this scripture, John says, If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine of Christ, receive him not into your house. So they come in to to visit you, and they are church people, but they don't believe the scriptures that speak about homosexuals. They think we should accept everybody. Accepting a homosexual into your house is the same as accepting an adulteress into your house. There are many people today who have sex outside of marriage and flaunt it in front of us. Do you let them into your house? Do you welcome homosexuals into your house? There's no difference between the level of adultery and homosexuals, basically, in the sense that they're both committing sin. If they repent of their sin and go in the way of the scriptures, then we receive them as brothers and sisters in Christ. But they cannot continue in their sin, and you cannot accept it as just normal. To uh, nail down this subject of homosexual, you go to Romans chapter 1 to see what God thinks. It's not what you think. It's not what I think. It's what God thinks. We simply agree with God. What we do when we read the Bible is we reconstruct our thinking to agree with what God says in the Bible for all scripture is inspired by God. And we know what God thinks by that which is written in the New Testament Bible and the Old Testament, but we go by the New Testament. Except many of the promises of God in the Old Testament are valid for us today also. But to look and see what God has to say about homosexuals, you look at Romans chapter 1. In verse 25, Paul is speaking about those who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Verse 26 For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also, the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So they changed the truth of God into a lie. They let their own vain imaginations tell them about God rather than going to the Bible. Now, we can't do that. We accept what God's view is of homosexuals and lesbians. And according to this scripture, God gave them up unto vile affections. And in the sight of God, their acts are vile. Before God destroyed Sodom, all the men of Sodom came out to try to have sex with the two men who were really angels who visited Lot. These were homosexuals. 
in every quarter of the city of Sodom. Finally, their words were heard by God, and he brought total destruction on the city of Sodom after he got Lot out of Sodom. He sent those two angels to Sodom to get Lot out of Sodom and then to destroy everyone who was in Sodom. This is the homosexual view that God has, that it is vile affections. And don't be deceived by people saying they were just born homosexual. Because in this scripture it says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. Because they changed the truth of God into a lie. They imagined God in their own image. They imagined a God which wasn't the God of the Bible. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. And concerning them being born homosexual, as some of them say they were always homosexuals, God gave me the following scripture in Mark. Mark chapter 10. In the beginning, God created them male and female. Male and female. But then along the way, they began to imagine God in their own image. And they changed the truth of God into a lie. And for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. I don't hate homosexuals. I don't hate lesbians. I hate seeing it flaunted before us and portrayed as a good thing. I hate that because it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing any more than this having sex before marriage is a good thing. That's not a good thing. And yet humans praise it all the time. I heard just a week or two ago an announcer on television tell about the quarterback Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, he said, had a great year in 2020. He won NFL Player of the Year at the Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl. It said, and he's getting married this year. And his, his wife-to-be is pregnant and going to, is six months pregnant, and they are going to have a child. And they're getting married. This is the way the world lives. He thought it was a good way. He thought the announcer was praising Patrick Mahomes for this. I don't praise anyone for this. My own cousin, she's dead now, but she uh, was telling me about going to her neighbor's house for an outdoor cookout. And she said, I was, she said she was so embarrassed. She got there that afternoon for the cookout and she was wearing blue jeans and dressed for outdoor cookout, and it turned out to be a wedding. Her neighbor and his roommate, a male, were getting married. Two males, homosexual wedding. And she said she was so embarrassed over what she wore. I said, well, I wouldn't have been embarrassed over what I wore. I would have fled that house. I wouldn't have stayed in there. But my cousin wasn't a church person and didn't know Bible. I think she might have been born again before she died. Her husband died, and she was talking to me on the phone 
about going to decorate his grave. And I said, why? What are you, who are you trying to impress? Thurman can't see you. He's asleep. Dead people are asleep. They don't know what you're doing out there in front of their grave. They don't know. So who are you trying to impress? She got very quiet, and she said to me, Well, then, I guess it doesn't matter where we're buried. And I said, That's right. See, she agreed with the truth. I have found over and over that when people agree with the truth of God, they become born again. So I have hope that that cousin was born again before she died. So John explains to us, the Apostle John explains to us that there were already many Antichrists in their church group. And they went out from them because they were Antichrists and they couldn't take over when John was there. They couldn't take over when Paul was there. But what happened after Paul and John were gone? They could rise up and bring those perverse doctrines into the church group, and many denominations started this way by men who brought in perverse doctrines, Antichrist. Antichrist opposite from Christ, opposite from the Word. The Apostle Paul told us the following in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, For that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God sitteth in the temple of God. That's not in the White House. That's not in the governments of men. That's in the churches. And a falling away first had to come before Antichrist could take over in the church group. In 1982, I was reading this scripture in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And God spoke to me by the Holy Spirit and said, The falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. And when the churches left the scriptures, Antichrist took over in the church group. So the ones that decided they didn't want to go by the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, they just eliminated that scripture and never talk about it. And they have weddings at their own churches. And they attend the weddings and their preachers preach the weddings. Where men marry divorced women and commit adultery. That's Antichrist. To participate in it is Antichrist. It's to cause you to take on Antichrist. You have to align up with the scriptures. You have to take the scriptures Take Matthew 5.32. Whosoever marrieth her that is divorced, that's put away, committeth adultery. 
Take Matthew 19. Jesus says the same thing in it. Take it and keep it before you day and night until you believe it. Agree with the scripture. Agree with the scriptures on homosexuals. Agree with the scriptures in Romans that it's vile affections. Agree with that scripture. You don't have to go everywhere telling people this, but you have to agree with it. There are times you might have to speak up about it, and then you yield to the Holy Spirit and speak. But it's only when the Holy Spirit reminds you of the subject that you speak. Otherwise, leave it alone. Now, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, look at verse 6 and 7. But in the NASB, I want to look at it in the NASB. In 1982, I heard that the falling away were church groups leaving scripture. In 2017, I got another part of this puzzle. What I heard was the word restrains. And I knew it was in this scripture. I looked it up. It was in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 NASB. Verse 6. And you know what restrains him now. You know what restrains Antichrist now. I sat there and I said to God, well, what restrains Antichrist? I don't know what restrains Antichrist. And instantly, I knew it was the scriptures that restrained Antichrist. And you know what restrains him now. The what that restrains Antichrist is the word of God, which is Jesus. Because Jesus is the word. So it is the scripture, the word, that restrains Antichrist that keeps him out of your life and my life and the church, out of the church. When you remove the scripture, he moves in. And you know what restrains him now so that in his time he will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so. He who now restrains, the word of God, who now restrains, will do so until he is taken out of the way. As soon as they remove the scriptures, Antichrist moved in. So the falling away from scripture causes the door to be open for Antichrist to move in. He can move into the churches. He can move into your own life when you fall away from scripture. Therefore, it is very important to keep the New Testament Bible in front of you because that is the way that you renew your mind so that you don't become like the world. Otherwise, you really can be swept away by the world. I can be swept away by the world. But we do what Paul says. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, to the thinking of this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind to the Bible, to the scriptures. Cling to the scriptures, no matter what the world says, no matter what it looks like. The word of God is the thing that is truth. Hold on to that. And we endure as we hold on to the word of God. And we have to fight 
because I, when I turn on the TV, I almost, I guess, always see them say some doctrine that's opposite to Christ. And I'm saying but to myself, but that's not true. Here is the truth, and I rethink the scripture when I hear that doctrine that's opposite to Christ. One day I had turned on the television and the news was on. And they had, the Catholic Pope was there and they were talking to him about homosexuals. And he said, well, I don't see anything wrong with being a homosexual. And I literally screamed out at the television set, what about the Bible? Often when I see TV, I'm renewing my mind to the Word of God as they speak. For they speak things contrary to the Word of God. And I renew my mind at that second to the Word of God so that I won't be swept away with them. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.